Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. Well, we're in our series here on answers, as you saw in that intro video, and we've covered a few topics so far, and today we're going to go on to the topic, you know, why is it, why is Christianity the only way? And I've started off each one of these messages this way, and I'm going to do it again today. Let me ask you the question. If somebody came up to you, or you're talking to somebody, and they would ask you as if you're a follower of Christ, why do you say that Christianity is the only way? Or they could phrase it this way. Why don't all roads lead to God? Now, I want you to answer me. Now, remember, you get, you get 10, 15 seconds. You're not the teacher, so don't take five minutes. and come on. Raise your hand and tell me quickly, how would you answer that question? Anybody? Just a couple of you in this room. How would you answer it? Anybody? How would you answer it? So God healed you. You would tell him that. Okay. What else? Right there. It's in the book, the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Okay. And I, I say every again, I'm not too offended, bro, but the people say, well, I don't believe in the Bible. See, that's a big deal right there. A lot of people say that. Who else? How would you answer that question? Because they're going to answer you that question. Back there. He's the only one that claimed to be God. That's a good answer right there. Now we've got to say why that claim is, is real and why it's evident and why we can back that claim up. That's the, yeah, but we have to back that claim up too. See, we, I agree with you. And they're gonna, we can make those statements, but how do we back that stuff up is the big deal right there. So you have, I can, I've seen what he's done in my, and your personal testimony is, is a big deal. But that's not going to quite answer the question. They're going to come back at us, guys, no matter what. Back there. Say it louder. No, oh, no other payment for sin. Okay, which is a great thing, too. It's the only thing that makes logical sense to me. But then we've got to back that up right there. Over here. I have peace in my life. Jesus has given me peace in my life. So that goes back to your testimony, too. A lot of people don't have a testimony, by the way. Um, anything else? Back, I'll do one more. Ben? It's a relationship than religion, okay? And that may not be enough for them either. So I'm just trying to show you that you're going to run into some contestations when you give answers, when they ask you the question, and hopefully you get into discussions where they're going to ask you or, or challenge you on these issues in your life. Now, it is true that Christianity is exclusive. Uh, Christianity claims it is the only way. It is the only way to God through Jesus Christ. But now we live, and it's been this way for, it's not, it's not like this year, but we've been in this cultural thinking for quite a long time now, what's called inclusivism, where, you know, all roads lead to God. Whatever path you choose, whatever you think, it's going to get you eventually to God. So just, you just pick one, and it's going to get you there. Now, let me give you a couple quotes to show you where we live right now in society. Uh, first one is by Gandhi. Gandhi said, My position is that all great religions are fundamentally equal. So he's saying they're all basically the same is what he's saying. Oprah Winfrey, modern-day prophet, says this, 
one of the biggest mistakes humans make is to believe there's only one way. Actually, there are many diverse, diverse paths leading to God. So even she says, there are many different directions that lead to God. And so, and these are two very influential people. And so you get all these kind of mixed uh, bag of ideas about God, and we sit there, and as Christians, we're saying, no, there's only one way, and we know the verse that says that. And how do we defend, how do we answer this with a sufficient answer that people can at least chew on that and walk away going, well, you know, that guy, that gal made a lot of sense. And that's what I'm trying to do in this series right here on answering questions. Now, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. I hope you have your Bibles. I hope you use a Bible, uh, whether it's a phone app or whatever it is, but I hope you're using it because I want to show you something because this is the, the major claim that, um, that Jesus makes uh, that goes against inclusivism. He's very exclusive. The Christianity is the only way. Now, let me do, I'm going to read six verses in John 14, 1 through 6, and I'll share a few comments on it until I get to verse 6, which is the big, big verse that we want to look at today. And that's this. In John, 1 verse, uh, John 14, verse 1, Jesus says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Now, the question first would be, why does Jesus even bother saying that? And remember, uh, when these things were written, there were no chapter marks, there were no verse marks. It was one complete scroll. So why does Jesus say this? You would have to back up into chapter 13 and see why. Well, Peter has told Jesus, I, I'm never going to deny you. I'm never going to let you down. And Jesus says, really? You're going to deny me and it, you're, you're going to feel really bad about it. So once you know that part of the story of what Peter has just said, that the, you know, the rooster will crow, uh, now we know that Jesus is saying, let, let not your heart be troubled. He knows Peter's going to deny him. He knows he's going to let him down. But he says, don't worry, Peter. Just get back up. And how many know that's something that everybody needs to hear periodically in life? You're going to fail Jesus. Everyone say amen. amen. You just got to get back up, right? If you're at home, you just got to get back up because he wants you back. Now, verse 2. Jesus goes on, in my Father's house. He's still talking to these disciples that are going to let him down. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so... I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. Now he says, not only after you let me down, get back up, but I've also got an eternal home for you, that you can come home. How many know when you, at the end of the day, you just want to go home, right? There's no place like home, at least for me, I, I know there isn't for me. And the thing I think he's saying to many Christians is, look, if you fail, if you mess up, come on, get back up and come back home into the fellowship, into the local church, Amen. I think he's saying things like that to us all the time. It's okay, come on, get back up. And then verse 3, he goes on to say this. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there, you may be also. In other words, I'll be back, right? That's what he's saying. Verse 4. And you know the way where I'm going. He's telling us, you know the way. And then here comes Thomas. Thomas said to him, Lord... We don't know where you are going. How do we know the way? In other words, he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know where you're going. I don't know the way. I don't know how to get there. What are you talking about? And then Jesus makes the great statement. And this is the statement we're going to look at today. Verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way 
and the truth and the now just stop right there before I read the second half now think of what the, the, how it sequentially moves he says I'm the way I'm the path I'm the direction if you went to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2 in the New Testament you find that before we became followers of Christ that we walked according to the course of this world there was a different course we walked once we left that we repented and we follow Christ we jumped onto his way does that make sense now once you jump onto his way he's the way then comes the truth now once you're a follower and you're on that path the, mo the next big deal for you for the rest of your life is study the scriptures learn the scriptures read the scriptures be taught the scriptures because that transforms your thinking correct and then once you start up taking that and you're, you're on the way and you're learning the truth and now you begin to apply it now comes life have you ever noticed when you walk in the principles of God's word uh, that your life just kind of gets better anybody notice that I mean I'm not telling you you're not going to go through tough times because everybody does but you know what it's easier to go through tough times knowing you have a God on your side knowing you're walking in the right things than being all by yourself amen to that one okay so now he says I'm the way the truth and life now here it comes here's the big statement that really would ruffle feathers with people and I've talked to people, it's ruffled their feathers. He says, no one comes to the Father but through me. Question, if Jesus was walking today on earth and he made that statement, how many of you know that would be the most politically incorrect statement around? How many know that? How many know that Jesus could care less about political correctness? Right? How many know if he made that statement today and if he was on social media, which I doubt Jesus ever would get on social media. I just don't think that's kind of the way he would operate. But let's say he did today. How many know that every, everybody and their mother would try to cancel him for that statement? Correct? He would be canceled all over the place because Jesus... They would say he's very narrow-minded in his thinking. Question, is Jesus, when it comes to salvation, very narrow-minded? You better believe he is. He just said, I'm the only way. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And that's, no one comes to the Father but through me. So he makes this outrageous statement that some people I've even heard say that's a very arrogant statement for him or for a Christian to make. Well, today I want to look at this. I want to look at why is Christianity the only way? Why can't all roads lead to God? You know, how do we answer this? So here we go. You guys ready? I got two things for you today, and then I'm going to... Well, you'll see. Okay. First thing is this. Number one, all views can't be true because all views are... They're opposite. They're just opposite. Now... You've heard the term, that's your truth, I have my truth, I have my truth, you have your truth, and all these different truths rolling around. But there's this thing called the law of non-contradiction. In other words, if two ideas contradict each other, both cannot be true. That's just a fact, right? If two ideas contradict each other, both cannot be true. They just cannot be. So let me give you some examples. And this is the way you've got to kind of formulate yourself as you talk to people and listen to as I move along through this message. Islam says 
that we are good in nature, we humans. Christianity says, no, we're sinners. There is not one person who does good. Muhammad says, kill the infidel. Jesus says, love your neighbor. Hinduism says, there are many, many gods. Islam says, there's only one God. Hinduism says, God is in everything. He's in this book. He's in the microphones. He's in everyone. He's in the plants. He's in everything. Christianity says, God is only in a person who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in him. You notice all the contradictions? Now, let me, go, let me drill down a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> I used to debate Mormons a lot when I was a younger Christian. I really enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoy it anymore. It was fun for a while. But it just turns into a debate after a debate after... There was one time... I even had them come over to somebody's house. It was like every Tuesday or Thursday night at 7 o'clock, and they'd show up, and for six straight weeks, I'd meet with them, going one-on-one with one-on-two, actually, with them. And pretty soon, a crowd started to gather at the house. I mean, there'd be like 25, 30 people in this house wanting to come and hear me debate with these people. And so, and, and let me say, Mormons, nice people. Some of the nice, and I have to applaud them for their evangelism efforts. I wish Christians would evangelize like that, right? So you can't knock them for those things. But here, here's the thing. Mormons teach that Jesus and Satan, Lucifer, are spirit brothers. The Bible teaches, Christianity says, no, Jesus is God and Lucifer is a created angel. This, this is the difference right there. Mormons teach that the God of planet Earth was once a man, a mortal man, and then he you know, ascended or whatever he did into glory, and he becomes the God of this planet, and he has a wife, and they're having spirit babies, and when somebody has a baby, that spirit now inhabits a physical body. So he goes from man to becoming a God. Christianity says the opposite. It says, no, God is God, and then God came down and inhabited a human body and he became the God-man. So it's a complete opposite right there. Mormons say in 2 Nephi 25-23, it's in their own Book of Mormon, it says this, we are saved by grace after all that we can do. So in other words, grace doesn't come into play until you've done all that you can do. Now I always wonder, well, how much is all I can do, you know? Bible says completely opposite. It says that uh, we are saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, lest any man should boast. So those things are are opposite right there. The law of non-contradiction comes into play. Did you know that in the Quran, in Islam, in the Quran, it says in there that Jesus did not die on the cross? It says that somebody took his place that Muhammad would never allow Jesus, a prophet of his, to be, to be killed like that. That somebody took his place. In fact, they even say it was either Judas or Simon of Cyrene. And since Jesus never was killed, therefore he wasn't buried, therefore he never rose from the dead. That's what it said. 
But Christianity says, no, Jesus was crucified. He was buried, and he did rise from the dead. So when you start looking, and these are just a few things. When you start looking at all the different belief systems, and when people say, all roads lead to God, the the law of non-contradiction comes into play. Everything can't be true. It just all can't be true. Now, the big question, though, we want to answer today is, once I've showed you this part, is why is Christianity the only way? And you guys all gave really good answers. And um, let me say this, too, because I don't want to create a group of people that just are very combative and want to go after people and say, let's debate, okay? No, that's not what I want. Always respect what other people believe. They may not even come close to what these scriptures say, but you still want to respect what they believe because they're created in the image and likeness of God. Are they not? So give them dignity. Respect what they believe. You don't have to agree with them whatsoever. I've told people I totally disagree with everything you've said, but I don't do it mean. I just And I tell them, why well, I, I look at things, this is what I believe, and this is why I look at it different than you. Because you can't force anyone to believe anything. When you start forcing people to believe, that's, that's communism, that's socialism. And whether you're a Christian or not, that's a dangerous thing to play with right there. You let people believe what they want to believe. That's called freedom, okay? So you never force anyone, but you just present evidence for what you believe. Now, I want to get to the second point in that system now. Why is Christianity the only way? Secondly, because Christianity is the only way because Jesus backed his claims. Okay. <clears throat> so Jesus, he says in the Gospels multiple times, they're going to get me. They're going to torture me. They're going to kill me. They're going to bury me. And then I'm going to rise from the dead. He says it multiple times. Did it happen? Yeah, it happened all the way. He predicts it, and it happened. Besides the 330 prophecies about him that came to pass, you know. So you have all that right there. Now, so we have all these things here. If somebody rose from the dead, I just tend to believe that person, right? Now, let me just tell you, I'm going to try to put everything together right now. If someone approached me and told me, how is Christianity in the way? How, don't all roads lead to God? I, I would take them with everything I've shared with you in the last two weeks, and here's how I'd approach it. Just, I'm just sharing with you. And I think Christians, we need to rehearse these things. We need to be able to give the answer to these things because somebody out there might just be seeking an answer. If somebody approached me, I'd say, it makes sense that there is God. They go, why? Well, going back to two weeks ago, because scientists now have proven that the universe had a beginning. Once there was nothing, now there's something. What was that called? Remember? The cosmological argument. Anything that had a beginning had a cause. The universe had a cause, therefore the universe had a beginning. So something spaceless, timeless, immaterial, all-powerful with the mind created this thing. We call that God. You may not. But that's a proven fact now that this universe started from nothing. That's where I'd start. And then I'd say, it makes logical sense also there is God because of the fine-tuning. Remember fine-tuning? The fine-tuning of the universe for life on planet Earth. Look at everything around you. Look at, what, look at your life. Look at these things. Is it fine-tuned for life for you? You better believe it. I would take them down that road. 
And once I get them there, now I would say, look, if God, if there is a God, which I believe there is, and the evidence is in there for a creator, would that creator have the power to raise a man from the dead? They would have to answer, yes. Yes, of course, he, the, the power's there. And Jesus is not just a man, he's a God-man. Jesus rose himself from the dead along with the Father and the Holy Spirit. I'd say, so now it makes sense to me that he could rise from the dead because you have a God who has proven there's a creator, there's something created this, we call that God and the fine-tuning. And once I get a person there and start getting to think like, now they have to say, well, yeah, I guess a person could rise from the dead. He could be brought back from the dead. And then from there, remember I talked to you last week and last year about the minimal facts argument? Anybody remember that statement? Anybody remember the book I brought last week? Anybody remember my name? Say yes. Okay. Okay. Now, the minimal facts argument. Once I get them here, now I take them to the minimal facts argument. I, can't, I take them this way. Here we go. And you guys, I'm going to rehearse it with you again because you've got to get these things down. The first one is the disciples believed Jesus rose and appeared to them. Now, once I've got to believe there is a God and this God created everything and fine-tuning and therefore Jesus could rise from the dead, now I can get them to these minimal facts. You follow my reasoning? This is logical reasoning. The disciples believed. So once I make that statement right there, I said, listen, these disciples, you may think, oh, they stole the body. No, they were hiding all weekend. They were afraid. And all of a sudden, these fearful disciples turned into these bold evangelists. And I'd ask the question, what do you think changed them from cowards into bold as lion evangelists? And the only answer is one answer, what? It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I take him that one. I take him the next one. I go, I'll give him this one. And then there's this guy named Paul. Paul was a persecutor of the church. Point it over, guys. And all of a sudden, he becomes a Christian. This guy hated Christians, murdered Christians, didn't want Christians. Historical fact, he tried to stomp out this whole thing. And then all of a sudden, he becomes a Christian. And by the way, he's outside the Gospels. He's not in the Gospels. He's outside the Gospels. What changed this man? What, I asked him, what could have changed this man? Because Jesus appeared to him. Re what, resurrection. That's right. Resurrection. You see how I'm reasoning that way? Do you see how I'm reasoning that way? I'm taking him down the road that way. Then the next one I say, and then Jesus has this brother. He's got a brother by the name of James. You know, and he suddenly changes. And I, you know my, my question on that. What would it take for you to believe that your brother was the Messiah, Right? He saw his brother change. He saw the resurrection. And by the way, Josephus, who's not a Christian, who's a historian, he writes that James, the brother of Jesus, was martyred for his faith in his own brother as a Messiah. Why would you die if your brother was not God in the flesh? Why would you die for that? It doesn't make sense to do that. So I, and then I give him that one. And then I take him to the next one. There's another fact, the testimony of women. The women were the first ones of the tomb in all four gospels written in different parts of the Mediterranean. All of them write, the women were the first ones of the tomb and they were the first evangelists and eyewitness, uh, eyewitnesses to the resurrection. Why is that strange and weird? Because in that day in the Jewish and Roman world, a woman's testimony wasn't considered much. So you would never put their testimony in these Gospels if you wanted people to believe it. That's called the criteria of embarrassment. So guess what? It must be true that they saw Jesus resurrected. And then I say this one. I say, I, I, I'll draw him in now. Now I've, I've just, zzz, I'm drawing him in. I say, think about this. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, how does Christianity get off the ground 
in the very little city where Jesus was buried. All they had to do is walk 500 yards, go get the body out of the tomb, come bring it over, and the religious leaders would have loved to do that. They didn't want Christianity to go anywhere. They could have gone, got that body, showed it, look, he's not, he's dead. But they didn't do that. You know why? Why? The tomb was empty. He resurrected. And so Christianity explodes on the scene. And once I get them to these points right there, now I got them. Now I want answers from them. Because I've given them the answers. If we could, one of my goals for the rest of my life is to get you guys to be able to just say these things, understand these things. Start with, there is a God. Fine-tuning. Evidence for the resurrection. Then all these minimal facts, all these things that go with it. And then you've got to, because you're giving them logical, concrete answers to why, to their questions. Now, let me finish my message. <clears throat> I want to give you two thoughts. When you answer the question, all roads lead to God. If all roads led to God, that would mean that God is telling one group over here that I'm in everything. I'm in the carpet. I'm in the seeds. I'm in every human. But he's telling this group over here, no, no. I'm only in a follower of Jesus Christ. That would mean he's telling another group over here, you know, I didn't really die and buried rise from the dead. I, somebody took my spot. But he's telling this group over here, no, I really did die and was buried and I rose from the dead. And then he'd be telling another group over here, you know, I was once a man first and then I, I became a God. But he's going to tell this group, no, I was God always have been God and then I went and became a man in the form of Jesus Christ and then he tells that group over there you know you're saved you get to heaven by what you do by what you got to do good works that's how you're going to get there but then he tells this group over here no you're not saved by what you do you're saved by what you believe and by the grace of God guys if that's the way God is what would God be schizophrenic wouldn't he? He'd be schizophrenic. He'd be like, what are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. God, you're, you're, you're wacko. But that's not the way it is, right? Let me put it to you this way. Because ladies, let me talk to the ladies. Ladies, let's say um, you're all single in this room. And you get engaged to Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful says, you know, I really want to marry you. And then Mr. Wonderful one day brings this big, thick book. And he hands it to you. And it's the book on everything a wife should do perfectly. How many men like that book already? And that book shows you how to cook, how to clean, how to use the blender. You know, John's not in his head. He likes that right there. How to use the blender correctly, how to make my food correctly, 
how to correctly clean the floors, clean the windows. It's got how to treat me nice. It's got everything. And he says to you, here it is. You do this for the next 50 years of your life. And after 50 years, I'm going to come back and I'm going to check on you. And if you've done all these things and, you know, done it all correctly, I'm going to marry you. Ladies, how many of you would just say, that sounds like a great deal? <laughs> There's not one of you would do that, huh? None of us. Listen, that's exactly what every religion out there says for us to do. Do all these things. Get all these things right. Do all these good works. And then at the end of your life, whenever you die, let's hope you got it right. Let's just hope you got it right. Does that sound appealing? There's no, I'd be like, are you kidding me? No. But ladies, let's back up and talk to you ladies again. Let's say that a different Mr. Wright showed up. And he doesn't have a big old book. And he says, you know what? I want to marry you. And I want you just the way you are. Second service won't get that song, so I had to do it first. Um, and so, uh, just the way you are. In fact, your flaws, which are very few in my eyes, your I'm going to wash them all away. In fact, I'm going to die for all your flaws. I'm going to give my life up for you. I'm going to accept you the way you are because I love you with an eternal love that will never end. Ladies, would you... He's a, who said he's a liar? <laughs> okay. W would you talk to your mother? Would you correct your mother? She ruined my illustration right now. It's a good thing I've known you for a long time. Let's go back without hearing what she said. Okay. Would you marry that Mr. Wonderful? Yeah. 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 You'll always feel secure with that Mr. Wonderful, won't you? You'll always know that you'll be loved. You'll know that if you make a mistake, it's okay. We'll work on it. We'll work it through. That's Christianity. Here comes Jesus Christ. He says, I love you. I accept you. Your flaws, your sins, I'll die on a cross for you. I shed, I shed my blood for you. I'll carry the wrath of God on my body for you. And I'll just, I'll just accept you. I, I want you. Every other religion in this world says, nope, you got to get all these rules right. And then hopefully, maybe, possibly, at the end of your life, when you die, you better just hope you got enough of those rights. Now, Christianity's complete opposite of everything else. And it just makes more sense. It makes more sense to me that there is God. This world is fine-tuned. There is evidence that the resurrection and the power to create a universe could raise someone from the dead. There is a historical. It just makes more sense. And Christianity <laughs> is so opposite of everything else. All roads cannot lead to God. It's a law of non-contradiction. If both two things say different things, they both can't be right. They just can't be. 
So when somebody asked you the question, I would just use the Mr. Wonderful illustration and see which one they choose from there. Make sense? Amen. Let's pray. in this series and from here on out God that we're able to we're just we're able to answer the questions because the questions are good questions and they have good answers two opposing views both cannot be true And I just pray for us as a body of believers that we would never be afraid of such questions, that we would trust the Holy Spirit in those moments because we've been rehearsing these things, that we can bring forth answers, answers that make sense to people, that make them think, and then let the Spirit of God in those moments take it from there, take it from there. Now, if you're sitting here or if you're watching from home and, and you've had doubts, you want to, okay, is there really a God? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Is this, aren't, you know, maybe all roads lead to God. Why is Christianity? You know, you've, had, you've had doubts. Or maybe you've grown up in a family, they force you to church, you know, because it's the right thing to do. I, I would do the same with my kids. And you've questioned it. Well, hopefully today the questions have been answered. Because, see, your eternity is at stake. God loves you. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants you. And Jesus just makes sense. And so if you're in this room, <coughs> if you're at home, and you've never placed your faith in Jesus, meaning your trust, not just, yeah, I believe this is God. No, that, that, and that don't cut it. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about belief, and belief means trust, and it literally means to jump in all the way. Feet first. You're diving in. This is it. You're giving your whole life. That's what belief means. And he wants you. If you jump on that way, that truth, that life, once you start on that way, and once you start reading and studying your Bible, and then take that truth and start applying it, then you'll have real life. It's a great way to go. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ, to put your faith in Him, either in this room or at home. And if you backslid, it's time to rededicate your life and come back. Just come back. So I'm going to say this prayer. And I want everyone in this room to repeat it with me. And anyone in this room that's going to put your faith in Christ or rededicate your life or out there at home, I want you to repeat it too. But you believe in Jesus as your Lord, your God, your Messiah. And He's the only one. So here we go. Repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, 
for creating me, for giving me life, for dying on the cross for me, shedding your blood to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. And I know I'm forgiven. I put my faith in you today. Dwell in me, Holy Spirit. Today I follow you. Thank you for saving me. Now let me pray. God, I pray for anyone who prayed that prayer in rededication or given their life to Christ the first time. Friend, I pray that you get into fellowship. Get into the Bible. Get a Bible. Get a simple translation. Read in the New Testament for about two years. Stay there. Read about the one who saved you. And then you can start reading beyond that. Grow. Tell people you gave your life to Christ. Tell people you rededicated your life. You gotta do it. You cannot live an isolated, undercover Christianity. It was never meant that way. Read in the book of Acts. These people were bold. And they believed. God lives in you now. The power that created the universe out of nothing lives in you now. Walk in that. Share your faith. Turn away from old ways through the power of God. And we thank you, Jesus, for this day and for all the good things, God, in our life that you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray and we all said amen, amen and amen. Stand up with me, everybody. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram at NBCC Norco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.